We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's been a lot of movement at wide receiver for Oregon football during the offseason, but it still might be one of the best groups on the team as we head into the 2023 season. That's the focus on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. What's going on, Oregon fans? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, and we are continuing on with our Oregon Spring Preview, uh, our Oregon Spring Football Positional Preview, rather, uh, today we are talking about the wide receiver position, one of the most entertaining positions to watch on the football field. Before we get into today's episode, in case you haven't already, go ahead and check out our previous preview episodes. We've already done quarterback, running back, and tight end, so we are full steam ahead trying to knock out these positional previews with spring football starting on Thursday. So today we are talking about the the wide receivers and before we get into the guys, I want to take a step back and talk about the coach, Junior Adams. More specifically, the transition from Brian McClendon, who's now at Georgia, was Oregon's wide receiver coach before Junior Adams joined the staff. Um, so McClendon's at Georgia now, and the Ducks have Junior Adams. So let's just take a step back because I feel like we really didn't get to see or experience the, you know, the real true Brian McClendon as a coach while he was at Oregon, you know, given, even though it was, you know, uh, a short, a short two years, 2020 and 2021. So he brought, you know, some really elite wide receivers to Oregon. Um, let's see, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the the previous classes, but more recently, obviously he's not at Oregon anymore, but Brian McClendon brought in three all Americans in the 2021 class in Troy Franklin, Dante Thornton, and Isaiah Prevard. Troy Franklin's the only guy that's still there. But the point I'm trying to make is that Brian McClendon was an elite recruiter. And there was a lot of buzz around him as a coach on the field, but we really didn't get to see Oregon's wide receiver spot showcased as much as I think we wanted to. uh, Because Mario Cristobal was running such a run-heavy offense that there just weren't opportunities. Guys wouldn't get the touches they needed. They wouldn't get the looks that they needed. At the wide receiver spot, look at how great Troy Franklin's playing now. But in 2021, he was primarily limited to screen passes, quick passes out to the flats, little slants here and there. And, you know, if you only watched Troy Franklin in 2021, you'd be looking at a totally different receiver now in 2022. 
And then Dante Thornton, we didn't get to see him play a whole lot in 2021. Uh, obviously, Oregon's wide receiver spot was really thin at depth uh, heading into the back end of the season with two games against Utah. We saw a lot of Thornton. And then Chase Cota came in from Oregon to Oregon. And um, after he got hurt, that's when we really started to see Dante kind of shine and really carve out a role. But it was too little too late, it kind of feels like, now that he's headed off to Tennessee. And then Isaiah Brevard hasn't landed at a new spot yet, but he's no longer with Oregon. So I think you saw the elite recruiting with Brian McClendon and you saw, you know, some flashes of good wide receiver play, but now you're really seeing how good Troy Franklin is, is has been, who Junior Adams recruited when he was on the staff at Washington still. But now you're getting that blend, it feels like, of elite recruiting and elite coaching, or at least you're being able to see it. So I'm not I'm not trying to open this show up with, you know, taking shots at Brian McClendon for no reason. I'm not trying to say that. I'm saying we're just seeing a lot more from the wide receiver spot thanks to having an offense that's willing to pass and um, just the natural progression from the wide receiver spot from some of these guys that have been at Oregon for a number of years. So I think Junior Adams, you get that elite recruiting uh, with some of the guys that he's recruited since he's been at Oregon. We'll talk about them in this episode. And then you're also seeing that development from his group as uh, as players, you know, which obviously speaks to his ability as a coach, someone who's able to get the most out of his guys. So as we kind of dive into this group from a personnel standpoint, we do have to recap the movement that we've seen from the wide receiver position at Oregon during the offseason. Five transfers or guys that have at least entered the transfer portal is what I'm talking about. Dante Thornton is definitely the biggest loss He's headed to play for Josh Heupel at Tennessee, and I feel like he's going to be probably the biggest loss for Oregon in the transfer portal, either him or Maliki Machaval, but I'm probably the highest on Dante Thornton of all the former Oregon players that have left Eugene and found a new home. So Dante Thornton is going to be playing for the Vols, and then you have Seven McGee, who transferred to Jackson State. Isaiah Crocker, longtime veteran of Oregon, never really saw the field too much, didn't really carve out a role. He's, uh, he's in the transfer portal, as is Isaiah Brevard. So this is a group that saw a lot of departures, including Chase Cota, who graduated, exhausted his college eligibility, however you want to put it. He's going to be participating in Oregon's Pro Day tomorrow, Tuesday, March 14th. But he got to Oregon from UCLA and immediately carved out a role as the team's number two wide receiver, dependable guy, good speed, good deep threat. You can throw the ball up to him. He had a number of 50-50 catches that were really, really awesome when he was at Oregon, but it was a one and done. He only had one season of him. So now when I wrote this uh, spring preview over on ducksdigest.com, that was kind of the the guiding uh, storyline with it. Oregon enters spring football looking for a new number two wide receiver. And there's a number of guys that are coming in to join the team. Some guys that have already been at Oregon, played some football with the Ducks, but there are some really good options just in this room in general. So as we kind of dive into this group, who do you have to start with? You've got to start with Troy Franklin because Troy Franklin is absolutely the talk of this group, really solidified himself as one of the best receivers in the Pac-12 in 2022. And now I think that his game has developed to a point where he's really going to enter that conversation at a national scale. Could Troy Franklin play this season as a Bolitnikov candidate, Bolitnikov finalist. He is that caliber of a guy after leading the team with 61 catches for 891 yards and nine touchdowns. He was Bo Nix's go-to option 
He was putting on a show, coming down with crazy catches, making crazy plays seemingly on a week-to-week basis. But I think the real play to me that kind of signified, if you will, Troy Franklin's arrival, because remember, this dude didn't do a lot in 2021, but that wasn't his fault. I think that was just the system that the Ducks were in uh, and just being unwilling to pass. But the game that really signaled Troy Franklin's departure, in my opinion, had to be that BYU game, that 49-yard pass, that deep bomb from Bo Nix to, to Franklin at home in Eugene at Autzen Stadium, and Franklin just comes down with a phenomenal grab with the defender right in his grill. And I remember watching that play on replay just again and again and again, and obviously it was a great play to watch, but what really stood out to me was the sound, the roar from Autzen Stadium when Franklin came down with that ball. It was just, ah! You know, like, I just feel like that really signified not only his arrival, but like, oh, that's what it's like to to have an offense that wants to throw the deep ball. And I think that's really where the conversation starts with Franklin as a, as a deep threat, as someone who's pretty technically sound. Uh, he's the, the most proven guy, I think, that you have on this roster right now that's already played football at Oregon. Um, you know, Chris Hudson has, has also been around for a while. We're going to talk about him next, but Focusing on Troy Franklin, you know, I think he's just a, a playmaker. Uh, I think he's like 6'3", right around 180 pounds. So I know that uh, I'd imagine a focus for him this offseason has been bulking up his body and just trying to be able to impose himself more physically. But definitely a, a reliable guy, not a whole lot of drops, really good hands. Um, you like the ability, the big play ability. Uh, as a guy who can be a vertical threat or someone who can make guys miss after the play, I think that after the catch, I should say, there were a number of plays where I think Franklin honestly looked a little bit more physical than, than you would think, um, you know, knifing through multiple defenders at the goal line. I think there was a play or two, a touchdown or two that came that way. So Troy Franklin leads the way and is far and away the best option at receiver right now. And it's a big year for him because he has the chance to, to be a three and done guy, which I kind of think is the track that he's on right now, especially if he can mirror his production and, and maybe even perhaps take it up a notch from the 2022 season. So this is a big year for, for uh, Troy Franklin entering spring ball. Uh, he's kind of going to, he's definitely going to be a leader of the group just because of his body of work. But you also have some other veterans in the room that I think are really going to help not only get the most out of this offense for Will Stein, but help these younger guys kind of get up to speed and, you know, try to vie for a rotation because we know with any position group, you want to have competition. I mean, I don't care if you have everybody coming back, if you have nobody coming back, you want a group that's going to test each other. And I think that the wide receiver spot is definitely a group that we can see do that in the spring. The next guy you want to talk about with the wide receiver spot is Chris Hudson who came to Oregon as the lone wide receiver commit in the 2019 class, I want to say. Um, coming from St. John Bosco, who won a national championship last year. Um, okay, sorry, I correct myself. Chris Hudson came to Oregon in the 2020 class. So that being said, he's played three seasons at Oregon. So he's been around for a while, had some pretty decent production last year, 44 catches for 472 yards as one of the, the leading receivers for the Ducks. However, I think I think he still, you know, kind of leaves a little bit to be desired. I think that's probably what a lot of fans would say just after seeing him play last year. I think he's a really, really capable player. I like what he can do with the ball in his hands in space. 
uh, kind of a shifty guy. Also saw some work uh, as a specialist, you know, in the return game, I believe. But he did have a couple of pretty big drops that, uh, you know, kind of capped his production and that could have resulted in some pretty big plays for Oregon. But that being said, I think he's an awesome receiver. He's a solid, solid option for Bo Nix. But the question, one of the questions that I think kind of guides spring football right now is Chris Hudson was the starting slot receiver last year, but given the season that he had and some of the guys that they've added at wide receiver, how secure is that starting spot for Chris Hudson at the wide receiver spot uh, in the slot? Because one of the guys that I think is, is drawing a lot of praise right now, kind of got a good amount of hype and some good buzz going into spring ball is Tez Johnson, the Troy wide receiver transfer. I think he's certainly an under the radar addition for Oregon out of the transfer portal. Um, you know, doesn't obviously come from, from big time football playing at Troy, but I think the, the big note that the big notable thing with him that has kind of been going around this off season has been that he was the number two graded FBS wide receiver by pro football focus, which I'm not saying that's a, an end all be all or a massive deal, but it shows that this guy knows how to play some football. He knows what he's doing. Had 56 catches for 863 yards to, to lead Troy and four touchdowns. So maybe you want to see a little bit more scoring there from Johnson, but he has a proven body of work that he brings to Eugene. And not only is he bringing that to Eugene, he's reuniting with Bo Nix with his, uh, with his adoptive brother. Um, you know, they, they played together at the high school level back in Pinson, Alabama. And there's something to be said about that, that chemistry, um, not only between brothers, but just guys that have played a lot of football together. I think that's something that is going to be a pretty proved to be a pretty big asset for this Oregon offense in spring football. Um, I was talking to a source the other day that was, that was telling me a little bit about Tez Johnson, just saying, you look at that group, man, and, and he's moving differently than everybody on the field. So, you know, I would hope that he can move pretty well because he's, he's not the biggest guy, 5'10", I think 150-ish pounds. Uh, so, you know, you definitely tend to associate that with, you know, speed, agility, quickness. But um, that could end up being an addition that, that really pays dividends for Oregon. Um, and I think he's the main guy, like I was mentioning a little bit earlier, that, that could be a threat to take some snaps from Chris Hudson and just really shake up this room. So, yeah, Tez Johnson is a guy that I'll admit I wasn't necessarily super high on or, or super excited about when Oregon landed him out of the portal this offseason. But now that, you know, we're talking to some people and, and then we're going to see what happens and, and spring ball. I think he's a guy that could definitely make some noise. So so keep your eye out for Tez Johnson in the in the wide receiver room for Oregon as we head into spring practice here. And then even more so as we head to fall camp. Um, with the Ducks looking for a new number two wide receiver. Maybe it's Tez Johnson, maybe it's Chris Hudson, or maybe it's the next guy that we're going to talk about as we continue along with our wide receiver preview here on the Ducks Dish podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Welcome back to the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk some duck football or just listen on your podcasting platform of choice. Just in case you're watching here on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres, do me a quick favor. Take a second out of your day to hit that like and subscribe button. It's a tremendous help with what I'm doing covering the Oregon Ducks and uh, just looking to continue growing the community here on YouTube. Another way we can do that, make sure to leave a comment on this video and let me know how you feel about Oregon's wide receivers heading into spring football. The next guy we're talking about is Trey Sean Holden. The Alabama wide receiver transfer uh, is is on the team heading into spring. Now, there was obviously the storylines that, that everyone read uh, about being dismissed. I think it was in February and then being reinstated to the team uh, after, after all the charges were dropped. So we don't need to delve more into that, but that's the long and short of it. He was dismissed. Now he's reinstated and now he's working out with the team and he's looking to have a, a big spring. I think that there's an understandable amount of hype that comes with transferring from Alabama. He's not the only guy that transfers from Alabama to Oregon as the Ducks also added Kyrie Jackson to the secondary. He's a corner in the 2023 recruiting class for Oregon who comes over from Alabama as well. But Holden comes over after carving out a pretty good role at Oregon with uh, at, at Alabama with the Crimson Tide looking at last year specifically. 25 catches for 331 yards and six touchdowns. That's some pretty good numbers, especially going against some of the best defenses in all of college football, working with the tide. You know, there's just so much knowledge that you, that I think he can add to this room, not only as a guy who's just an experienced wide receiver, but someone who's been at a place like Alabama, you know, he's going to be able to share some parts of that Bama factor, right? I think we're seeing so many instances of, Alabama and, and of the SEC being added to some of these top programs like Oregon, whether it be a guy like Trayshawn Holden coming from the SEC at Alabama or a guy like Jordan Birch coming from the SEC at South Carolina and other members of the coaching staff. You know, Jake Long was at Alabama uh, before he came to Oregon and now he's back in Alabama. Um, 
and then you also have uh, you also have Brian Michalowski, the inside linebackers coach. He was at Georgia when Lanning was there. So like that's more another example of the SEC, you know, kind of having some impact on this program. You look at the highest level of the game and you try to kind of reverse engineer it. You know, how are these coaches doing it? What what's that championship blueprint? And there's plenty of that present on this Oregon team heading into 2023. So Treshawn Holden is a is a pretty big receiver, you know, just physically. I want to say he's like 6'3", 210, 215 pounds. So I think he definitely helps make up for some of the departures physically that the Ducks had with Dante Thornton, 6'5", wide receiver. Chase Coda, another tall wide receiver. So he's he gives you a big catch radius, a big target if you're Bo Nix. And he's someone that I think a lot of people probably project to – be a starter or at least be in the rotation for Oregon. You know, you don't often come over from the portal unless you're pretty confident you're going to be able to play some good football at your new spot. That being said, maybe he has been a little bit overhyped during the off season. We just need to see what it's going to look like while he's at Oregon, which is why it's going to be exciting to to see him back out on the, on the practice field and, and see him going through workouts and everything with the ducks. And, and then obviously in the spring game, that'll be the best sample size that we really get uh, until fall camp and until the 2023, 2023 season kicks off. So the ducks did make some good additions in the transfer portal at wide receiver with Tez Johnson and, and, and Treshawn Holden, but the conversation doesn't have to end there. And in fact, it doesn't end there because there are some really good promising young wide receivers that, haven't had the opportunity or just haven't broken through yet uh, on this depth chart at wide receiver. And I think the guy we have to talk about the most is Kyler Casper with, with that regard. He's a 6'6", 200 pound red shirt freshman who joined Oregon in the 2022 recruiting class out of Arizona, reclassified from the 2023 to 2022 recruiting class. So got to college a year early, didn't see the field a whole lot as a true freshman, but now he's had a college football season under his belt. Perhaps more importantly, has a full off season under his belt, knows what's going on at the college level. And um, he might be the most athletic receiver, most imposing receiver in this room. Could be a guy with, you know, tremendous upside. That's really what it looks like, right? You know, 6'6", 200 pounds. The Oregon doesn't have that in any other wide receiver on this group. He has amazing athleticism. You know, there were videos from him at the high school level, throwing down slam dunks, doing backflips on the football field. Uh, And, you know, that's not going to win you games, but it just shows you what kind of an athlete Oregon's working with, which is really, really exciting. He also has really, really good uh, body control, strong hands. And I think that he's someone who's really poised to to make a leap from year one to year two. I don't know if he's going to be starting, but you don't really want to have a guy like that and, just have him on the bench. You know, you want to have him impacting the game. Um, Big body wide receivers are becoming more and more common in college football. A lot of the best teams in the country have a guy that they can just kind of toss the ball up to in the red zone. Maybe Kyler Casper can develop into that kind of a guy for Oregon. That can be his role at Oregon, kind of in a role similar to a tight end, but he's not a tight end because he's so much faster and more athletic, I think, than you'll see most tight ends. So, Kyler Casper enters the the spring really with a golden opportunity to stake his claim for, for some more snaps, because as far as I'm concerned, I mean, the only sure thing that you have in that wide receiver room right now is, is Troy Franklin and what Chris Hudson has been able to do at Oregon. You know, Troy Franklin has been a star 
and Chris Hudson has looked promising and, and played some good football, but um, you need a little bit more out of him. So really it's, it's an opportunity for, for some new guys to, to really step up. That's kind of the, the picture that we're painting. Not only are you looking for a new number two, but you're looking just for a room of guys, you know, can this room go from some promising pieces that you added out of the portal? Some, some guys that have played a year or two in the program. Can we take that room from just being some, you know, promise, some potential. I remember Brian McClendon was, was talking about this when, when I was covering the ducks a couple of years ago and Eugene, he was talking about, you know, I like, I love to have a lot of, um, I'm going to be paraphrasing of course here, but you know, that's great that we have such a talented room. I want a productive room. And what I took away from that is like, I want guys that are showing up guys that have had amazing performances, guys that have played really good football on the field in big game moments. And they're able to transition that into the upcoming season. So that was a really insightful answer that uh, that McClendon gave a couple of years ago. And I think it kind of uh, bears repeating now a little bit, even though McClendon isn't with the staff anymore. I think the point still holds that you want to go from having a room that's super talented to guys that can show up for you, guys that you can win games with, guys that when the game's on the line, maybe someone's hurt or something, I can call on that guy without a shadow of a doubt. He's going to be able to get it done. So I think that there is a ton of potential and so much excitement with this group. A couple more guys we got to talk about, uh, two more specifically. The next one is Justice Lowe who is uh, you know, a pretty pretty intriguing prospect for Oregon, seeing that he was a little bit of a late riser on the recruiting trail, coming out of Lake Oswego High School in 2022. So in-state guy, I think that I think that these in-state guys, it, it it just means a little bit more to them, right? You know, to be able to say, you know, I'm from Oregon, I, I grew up going to games, rooting for the ducks, whatever it is. I think it means a little bit more to be able to put that helmet on on Saturdays to strap on those pads and, and go represent your state. And Justice Lowe is one of those guys on the roster this year that has the opportunity to do that. He was committed to Utah for a long time, and then, then Junior Adams got hired, and the Ducks were quick to get involved and ultimately ended up flipping him. And he's a guy that had a really strong senior season in high school, and, and I think that the staff feels really good and confident about taking the next step. I remember we saw some flashes last year in spring football when I was still up in Eugene, you know, around the, the program, going to practices and stuff, interviewing these guys. And he was drawing some, some good praise early on. There was some hype around justice low, but ultimately wasn't able to necessarily find his way onto the field as a true freshman. But now you come to, to this year and like I've tried to kind of communicate, there's guys that we can project, you know, will be the wide receivers for Oregon in 2023 but it's far from solidified. As far as I'm concerned, what I'm trying to say is that the only person who has something locked down right now at that wide receiver room is Troy Franklin. Uh, so it's, you know, all hands on deck, you know, open season, what's going to happen at wide receiver. So Justice Lowe is a, a guy that they think can take a leap after redshirting as a true freshman. And, and we're going to have to see if he can rise to the occasion. I'm excited to see what spring has in store for, for Justice Lowe. I think that we, Hopefully we want to see some more reps from him and see some see him getting some looks, some passes, some targets in the spring game. So Justice Lowe is, is another guy we got to mention. And then the last wide receiver that we're mentioning, obviously focusing on scholarship guys. There's a number of walk-ons at the spot, but I know the most about scholarship guys. That's just kind of how it goes. Uh, you know the more about the scholarship guys. You got Ashton Cozart, 
He's a 2023 wide receiver signee for Oregon, and he's already on campus enrolled. He was an Under Armour All-American coming out of high school, originally from the Pacific Northwest. Then he transferred uh, and you know, moved, him and his family did, to Texas to play out the final two seasons, I want to say, of his high school football career. So not only are you getting a guy who has gone against some of the best talent in the country, seeing that Texas is just an absolute beast of a state when it comes to producing top guys uh, for college football. You see that every single year, but you're getting a guy that's also trained with some of the best in the state. Um, you know, a big name to know for wide receivers in Texas is, is a uh, margin hooks. He's a trainer at the wide receiver spot. I think he trains running backs too, but he definitely has his name as a wide receiver trainer. Jonte Cook was one of the top wide receivers in the country last year out of DeSoto near the Dallas area. He was down to a final three of Texas, Michigan, and Oregon. Ended up going to Texas, but that's a name that you guys probably know if you've been following Oregon recruiting for a while. And um, Hooks trained him, and then Hooks also trained Ashton Kozart. So he's an early enrollee, 6'3", 195 pounds, can do a bit of everything. Definitely has some really good speed, so you can never have too much of that in your room. Um, and he, he's a productive guy. You know, he, he comes to Oregon after having a really stellar career, a Texas career and doing some good, some good stuff at the high school level. So I'm not sure if he's necessarily in the mix as much as a guy like Jurion Dickey is from the jump. I think Dickey's probably the more talented of the two high school receivers that Oregon signed, but Kozar, like I said, probably enters spring with a whole lot of opportunity to, you know, get adjusted and, and maybe even make some noise in that wide receiver room. I wouldn't say it's necessarily likely, but uh, that'd be kind of cool if he's able to step up and, and do something early on in his college career at the university of Oregon. One final note to add here, as we're talking about the wide receivers, Oregon might not be done in the transfer portal as USC transfer wide receiver, Gary Bryant is visiting Oregon this month. Uh, also has a visit planned. I want to say it's to Texas A&M. Um, so that is uh, another guy that you got to watch here in uh, the wide receiver room for Oregon. I don't know if he's necessarily someone you really need. Uh, I was kind of his name was kind of being thrown around a little bit more when when Holden was dismissed before he got reinstated. Um, but that could be another guy who who played pretty good at uh, at USC. You know, he redshirted as a true freshman in 2020. Then he played a lot of really good football in 2021, but Lincoln Riley came in, took over the USC program, got his guys in there, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, and, and Gary Bryant ultimately ended up redshirting last year. But he was someone who had a lot of high interest in Oregon coming out of high school at a Corona Centennial. I want to say Oregon had a, a hat on the table for the All-American wide receiver. And um, this could be an opportunity where it just pays to continue keeping those relationships, continue fostering those relationships um, with, with guys that you recruited out of high school because they can hop in the portal and, and they could suit up for your team to help you before you know it. So I think that Oregon doesn't have as much of a need at wide receiver as I think I probably thought at other points in the offseason. I'm feeling more confident about the wide receiver group. But if Gary Bryant wants to hop in, I don't see why you would turn him away although we do know that Oregon is trying to manage that 85 scholarship number and they're, they're over it as of now. Um, but there's a lot of time between now and the start of the 2023 season, obviously. So that's kind of the final note that I wanted to add about Gary Bryant. And uh, it's been a fun episode. We, we covered a lot. We talked about the room last year and in years past. And then I think just with 
with how much the Ducks were passing the ball last year, how much they were letting those deep shots fly. I think there's so much to be excited about with this group. Really think they can be difference makers and um, really help Oregon be one of the better passing offenses in the country. You have Bo Nix coming back, chasing a national championship with Oregon, chasing the Heisman. Will we see the Bo Heisman hashtag trending once again in, in 2023? We'll have to see. That's why we got to watch the games and, and see how everything shakes out. Um, but that'll do it for us on this episode. Important to lock in with me on all social media platforms. If you haven't already, I'm at mtouristsports on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can find all my latest written work covering Oregon football, Oregon football recruiting, maybe throwing some basketball here and there. You can find that on ducksdigest.com. Thank you guys so much for your support. Thanks for watching, stopping by to talk some duck football with me. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.